Hello, friends. And before we get to this episode of the 360 Experience, I have something very exciting that I want to share with you. If you haven't heard, I've been working on a project for over a year now, and it is now live. And it is my goal that this project will change the mortgage industry forever, changing the way that you learn, grow, and find success as a mortgage professional. It's a learning platform that includes a vast array of educational material, support documents, and implementation tools. We're covering business planning, sales, marketing, culture, systems of customer service, time management, personal development. It is all-encompassing, and it is backed by the finest and most giving faculty of teachers that this industry has ever assembled. People who you're familiar with if you've been listening to my show. But it's more than that. It's about community. It's about like-minded mortgage professionals helping each other, making this a better industry. Folks, welcome to the Loan Atlas, and it is now available for you to check out and to consider becoming a member, and we sure hope you do because we would love to guide you on this journey of achieving higher levels of success in all aspects of your life. Go to the link in the show notes below, click on the link, and find out more. And now, for the next episode of the 360 Experience Podcast. Well, hello there, friends, and welcome once again to another episode of the 360 Experience Podcast, and I am your host, Tim Brahim. And today I want to introduce you to Michael Regan. I've known Michael for about four years now. He's a terrific loan originator out of Northern California. Michael is a, a former broadcaster, and I think that you're going to uh, get a feel for that in our dialogue today. He's he's incredibly comfortable on cam camera. He's very articulate and he's very engaging, but you're going to learn some really important things about today's business and going forward what you need to be doing to be successful. I kind of define this episode as hunting rather than gathering, which is exactly what Michael's been doing for a long time. He started in the business all the way back in 2006, working with World Savings Bank. Um, currently in this present year, he and his uh, wife, Patricia, are going to fund uh, well over $50 million in production, which is absolutely fantastic in the market that we're in right now. And he's doing it in the old school way. Michael is a master of business development. So you're going to learn in this episode exactly what he does to cultivate relationships with real estate agents, how he nurtures them, how he markets to them, and most importantly, how he engages them and gets to know them. We're going to then transition into depthful dialogue on how he has grown to over 82,000 Instagram followers and how he picked up two reverse mortgages just last month and only had to spend $5 a day doing it in his marketing on YouTube. Michael has really mastered the art of social media marketing. And we're also going to talk uh, in some depth about database management and database marketing. I mean, right now, if you're not talking to people who need to borrow money or people who can refer you to people that need to borrow money, you're doing the wrong thing. And Michael is proving that to be the formula right now because that's exactly what he's doing is making sure that he is in front of people that can make his business move. Before I get to the conversation with Michael, I want to uh, thank you for listening to this episode. I also would like to ask you to remember that if you like this episode, to, to please give us a like. If you're watching this on YouTube, please comment. Um, subscribe to the 360 Experience Podcast if you haven't already done so, and forward it on to any work colleagues and friends that you think might find it to be valuable. The more people that we have listening to these episodes, the easier it is for me to get great guests on the show. 
Now, without further ado, my conversation with Michael Regan. What's up, buddy? <laughs> hey, Tim. It's uh, <laughs> it's always awesome to spend some time with you, and I'm just you know super looking forward to to our conversation. How'd it feel the second time around having to say that since I didn't hit record the first time around? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was awesome, though. It just adds to the experience, so it's all good. At least we didn't get 20 minutes into the conversation <laughs> before I realized I didn't hit record. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the I last it. time I the last time I did that was with Jesse Itzler. So like over a year <laughs> ago and, and we were like 20 minutes in and I felt like a complete idiot. So thanks for being <laughs> thanks for being patient with me and looking forward to talking to you. You know, it's it's I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while because I think that there are two things that you you're going to be bringing to our dialogue that are hugely important right now. Um, business development and marketing, you know, and I mean, that's really what it's all about right now in this market is getting in front of people that can refer you to people that need to borrow money and getting in front of people who need to borrow money. And you're doing that in a, in a very focused way. Um, I mean, I want to talk about business development because that's been your primary focus for many years now. And I think that you're going to have a lot to teach as it relates to your strategies for developing relationships with realtors and other referral partners. And then I really want to, after that, talk a bit about how you've exploded in your Instagram following. I'm not sure what's going on on Facebook because I'm never on there, but I saw you're up to like 82,000 Instagram followers. I gave Mark Bowie, I gave Mark Bowie a little shit the other day and told him that you, you left him in the dust. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's let's start with business development. You know, uh, first of all, how long have you been in the business for and when did you make the transition fully into biz dev as a as a sole focus? Yeah, no, great question, Tim. So I got in the business in July of 06. Uh, my wife, Patricia, got me into the business. Uh, basically, I was just turning portfolio in a, at World Savings at the time. And then in October of 09, essentially, uh, you know, I'd gone through multiple transitions where Wachovia bought World Savings, then Wells Fargo. And I was just like, look, if I have to ever work for Wells, I, I'm not going to work in this business. Like, I, I got to find something else. So I went out on my own in October of 09. Uh, not necessarily the best time, but I said either I'm going to make it or I'm not going to be in this business any longer. And that's really what happened is I went out on my own, uh, did that by myself for a couple months. And then Patricia, who had been in the business, uh, we had talked a long time about, you know, she didn't like going out and doing all the meet and greets, you know, tours, things like that. And that's what I like to do. I hated being in the office nine to five, you know, whatever, but I, I didn't like being at a desk. I didn't like doing that. So we'd always talk about joining forces and, you know, splitting our tasks. And that's what we did. So it was in March of 10 that we officially kind of joined forces, created the team. And then, you know, it was definitely an, an interesting patch for a year or so in terms of kind of finding our lane, you know, because I don't want to step in her lane. She doesn't want to step in my lane. And so kind of really finding, okay, this is what your responsibility is. This is what yours, or this is what you're best at. This is, you know, what I'm best at. And so after time, obviously it's been a while now, we, we just have it down in terms of basically, you know, what each other does and supports us. And so it's been, you know, it's really been since uh, March of 10 that I've been in pretty much all biz dev because I don't think I've, yeah, I haven't taken a loan app since, uh, since that time. So yeah, it's been quite some time. So your job is solely to go out and cultivate and nurture relationships, but obviously, you know, 
enough to be dangerous and then some to where like you can answer the questions of the referral partners when they ask them, hey, I got a buyer that, you know, has this situation. You can, if you don't know the answer off the top of your head, you can get it very quickly. In most cases, you know it off the top of your head. And then once the person, are you the one who's having the initial dialogue with the borrower or is it that they just, they send the, the, the client, the borrower right over to Patricia? Yeah, oh, probably 95% of the time, I'm not the one having the initial conversation with the client. Um, we do, like what Patricia and I did, and we didn't do it intentionally, but we each have, we're in a market that's right on the border of another zip code or area code. So when I have one area code and she has the one that's in our specific market in Petaluma, and so sometimes clients prefer to call my 415 number just because they're from San Francisco or Marin where they have that. Um, so sometimes they'll call me first, but generally they, like we've trained our referral partners to, if they're going to call, give their information to Patricia um, because she should be the point of contact because quite frankly, Patricia tends to be in the office, right? That's her, that's where she does her her thing. So she's there and going to be more available than I am where I'm out in the field. And if I'm talking with someone, having a lunch, I'm on tour, I'm not going to be having a conversation with a client. It might be a while until I get back to them. So, you know, emails, our referral partners are trained to copy us both in, in the initial referral, but in terms of phone calls, it should always go to Patricia um, because again, that's just, you know, sometimes you'll have, if there's a client that has a certain personality, we'll say, or needs a certain type of information, then that's when I'll get involved. But generally it always goes to Patricia first, um, just makes it super easy because quite frankly, uh, she'll have a better chance of getting back to the client quicker than I will. So what does your day look like? What are the, what are the disciplines as a, as a, a biz dev focused originator? What are the disciplines? Yeah, so part of the business is, is also I run our database. Uh, that's my bread and butter. I mean, that's always been the gold mine because we're in a super, super small market. And it's one of those things that that's how we've done the production in the past that we've done is because of our database. So what my daily discipline is, I start in the morning and I always work Salesforce. So whatever things I need to do, whether it's handwritten birthday cards, loan anniversaries, whether it's following up with a client, uh, you know, or a past client setting up, a, you know, a mixer, a past client mixer, whatever. And I send out random gifts to our A clients, you know, I'll just do little things as I think of them. So I'm in charge of all that. That's really my bread and butters that I start with is making sure our database is taken care of, making sure all the follow up happens, you know, with our past clients, uh, setting up lunch and learns with our referral partners, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I do. Like first thing every morning. I mean, I can look over, I'll grab over here, but like this morning I did this. I mean, I was writing letters and, you know, first thing in the morning, uh, doing that kind of stuff. So it's one of those things that I start that. Then I go out on tour. So on Tuesday is like up here, we have a broker tour in Santa Rosa on Tuesday morning, Petaluma on Wednesday morning, and Sonoma on Thursday morning. So what I do is I go to those tours. So I'll go there, talk to the agents, and then my closest friends, because most of our agents, really, I consider them friends. I mean, that's why I'm working with them. But then I go, generally, I go with them on tour. And then like on Tuesday and Wednesdays, a lot of times we'll go out to lunch afterwards, right? So I've got a group, you know, I'm, I don't drive. I'm with a couple agents, usually four to five agents at a time. Um, we go to tour. They introduce me to other agents, too, as we're on tour. And then we'll go out to lunch. So it's really building that really close bond. And they're really friends. I mean, they become really good friends. And so it's it's not even... I'm not dealing with, you know, an agent, I'm dealing with a friend. And so that's what I do to keep up the relationships. Cause you know, the one thing, and we'll get into social media a bit, there's a total use for that. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, it's, you got to be face to face. You have to build those relationships. And in my case, I actually don't like being on the phone. Like the phone kills me um, I, for the most part. I mean, I may have my times, but I rather be in person with someone having a conversation 
you know, meeting with them for lunch, going on tour and just talking, you know, making each other laugh and just it, it it's it's an adventure. Um, that is what, you know, brings a connection. So I do that. So I do the tours and then generally I do a lunch with somebody or, you know, we'll do, or if we have something planned, like, you know, I'll help them with a script or I'll help them with a video or things like that. I'll do that. And then when I come back, that is when I kind of get caught up. So I'll come back real quick, get caught up. If there's any emails, any meetings that I need to set up for the next day or the next week, I'll come back and do that. And I generally like to have all my stuff done. Um, and then some days I got to shoot my videos, right. For my content. But generally, I like to have all my stuff done by between four and five o'clock at the end of the day so that when my kids come home, I am fully with them as much as possible. Um, so that's kind of my day is like I crunch a ton of stuff in. I don't mess around, um, you know, during the day. And sometimes I might not get a lunch, right? I might just have meeting after meeting after meeting, coffee and that kind of stuff. But I cram as much as I can into the day so that once my kids are at home, I'm not working anymore or it's not until they go to sleep. That's really my goal. How many different real estate agents do you presently get business from and how many are you currently targeting? Yeah. So, well, okay. So that's a great question, Tim. So, you know, realistically, I would only say that I have really tight, like super tight relationships with about nine real estate agents that I'm considered like they do not refer anyone else. Right. Um, past that. And in my market member, I'm in a super small market. We got 60,000 people. Right. So there's there's not that many agents to do a lot of production. So I've got that. I actively market to about 42 agents every week that I do, because quite frankly, if you look at the list, I mean, once you go past that first list, they're doing one a year, you know, kind of thing, because we are in such a small market. So I actively go to those and I always pick out the ones that I like. I mean, that's part of what I go to tour for is I want to see what, you know, who they are, because I don't want to market to someone blindly. What I love to do is kind of get to know them at tour, at their open houses, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, either this person I think could be a good friend. Like I like them. There's something there. And then I'll explore that. Or if I meet them, I'm like, dude, this person's kind of a, you know, <laughs> kind of a douchebag. Um, I don't want to work with them. Right. And so I'm very selective. And again, in my market, we're super small. So I don't have a million agents uh, here. So, you know, I'm not like someone else who's market to 500 agents because we don't have them. Um, here. So I'm really focused on targeting agents that actually do business. Uh, and then as far as agents we work with on a yearly basis, we'll work with about 40 different agents um, over the course of the year. Because again, there's some that'll send me, you know, eight, like um, yesterday, our best agent, we closed two deals with her alone yesterday, right? Um, and we closed another one earlier in the month with her. So it's like this month, I'll close three deals with this one agent, uh, who's a killer agent, but the rest, it'd be ones and twosies. I mean, for the most part. So I have to be a little more broad, but also focused into people that actually do business in a small market. Okay. So the, the, the interesting thing is that you're, you're describing certain principles that I experienced to be true as an originator. And I know many other originators that, you know, that, that also know them to be true, which is you got to know the numbers. There's no point in focusing on real estate agents that don't do any business. It's just going to create frustration for you. And, you know, and, and, and it's a, a gigantic waste of time. So you've really culled it down to 42 agents. I hear that you're marketing them. I want to get to in a minute, like what you're doing to market to them. But before we do that, let's take two steps backwards. And I want you to coach me for a minute. I'm an originator and I have not been getting out into the field and hunting over the last year and a half like I should. And I know that I need to start doing that, that I need to get out there. What, what are the suggestions that you would give to me, like the tried and true, true principles? And, and you may have articulated many of them already, but I wouldn't mind hearing them again if you did. And then you can dive into like, 
how would you suggest that I brand myself and market myself to this group once I've developed, you know, a list and where am I getting the list from? Is it MMI? Is it list reports, yeah. et cetera? No, it's all great. It's, those are great questions. So I'll start with uh, first, where do I get the list from? I actually use MTA. Um, it, MMI in my market is horrible. Like it just, the numbers are so far off. So MTA has been the closer one for me. And I love their app. It's super easy to use. And I can actually even see, and I don't know what MMI, like I said, I use MMI for a while, but the data was so bad that I was like, forget it. I'm not even going to waste my time on this. So I use MTA, but I love, it also tells me who their lender is, you know, cause I can see who they use on, on their buy side. So what I do is I use MTA and I'm focused on, you know, Sonoma County, cause that's, that's my area. I'm not interested in going, you know, hours out. So what I do is I go through MTA. I'm looking at who's actually doing the production, who they use, you know, and what kind of deals are they doing? Like if they're more at list side, it's not that I ignore list side, but I mean, I'm really, I'm personally focused on the buy side. I will be, you know, I'll take a listing agent out. Don't get me wrong, because I understand the concept of they may have a buyer, but they also will take my offers, right? If they like me, they know that we're really good. They may not have a lot of clients for me, but I found two things to be true. Number one is that my, I may not get direct business from them, but they will take our offers over other people when they don't know the other people. That's one. And then one of my better agents, like he's a really good listing agent, doesn't do a lot of referring us at our clients, but what he is amazing at is referring me refis in a refi market. I mean, literally I've done more, re I have this one agent, you know, top three agent in town, but he refers me the most refis of clients that use some other lender or paid in cash, you know, when they bought the house, but then when they ask for a refi referral, he sends them to us. So he's been awesome for that. So there's other ways you can look at listing agents, but otherwise I focus really on the buy side. Um, and so I'm just looking at who's doing the numbers, right? And who they're using, because if, if that matters, because if I know, you know, I know my competition very well and I know where people are really good and where they struggle. And so it's one of those things I use that information to my advantage when I have that conversation with the agent, but really how I go about it. So if you're brand new and you're like, okay, first, how do I get this information? Number one, pay for MTA. I do, I think it's three counties and like 108 bucks a month. So it's not, you know, any crazy cost. And I'm able to really focus on give me who I should be going after. Because uh, I think that was the biggest thing is when I was new, uh, I would always have a meeting with an agent and then I wouldn't see a referral from them. And I'd ask the title company and they'd be like, oh, no, they're busy. And I'm like, OK, am I doing something wrong? And I kind of get down on myself. And all of a sudden, when you know I got MTA years and years ago, then I realized they're so full of shit. I mean, I don't know if I can cuss on this, but they're full of it. Well, you just did. So keep it going. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? They're so full, like the title companies, I'm like, dude, they did two deals in the last eight months. I mean, that's busy. So, you know, it's one of those things. And then I saw what they did. It was like cash or they didn't do any deals. And so it really put me at ease that, okay, I can't just count on what other people say. I need to see the data. So I really became data driven on that and found the list and found the agents that are actually doing business. And also the ones that were by agents, right? Because I really want to focus on that because that's my business. And so that was where I got the list. Now, in terms of going after them, I want to know who they work with, if they have any loyalty, if they're loyal at all, because that can tell you something about someone. But then that's when I start going to broker tours and I go to their houses, you know, when they're on tour, because I want to get to know them. And this is a long-term strategy. I'm not looking like one week, let's go meet everyone. I'm I'm there every week, keep, be consistent. And so then I can meet so many different people and especially newbies that come in, that kind of thing. And then I listen to them. I just listen to how they talk, how they treat people, how they interact with people. And then I'm just kind of a student and I, and I listen. And then once I'm like, okay, I think this is a, like, I like this person. I want to know more. I think they're actually a quality person, or at least they seem to be. 
then that's when I'll kind of get to know them. Like I'll go to their open house, uh, you know, on broker tour. Maybe I'll get someone who knows them to get a, get them in the car and go on tour with us, right? And so I've done that several times. They'll go on tour with us. We get kind of a conversation in a group setting. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, you know, there's a warm lead. And then when I call them up, go, hey, let's go out to lunch. Let's talk. It's it's much easier. Like the conversion rate is so much higher when I've done that work up front than if I just randomly call someone and they don't know who the heck I am, right? And so yeah, yeah. that has been a huge thing for me is to do very slow, very detailed. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm very uh I guess uh detailed and and certain on how I do things, but it's all long term. Nothing is like, hey, I, I just need a meeting tomorrow. It's always kind of building up so that my chances of getting that meeting are much higher and the conversion rate will be much higher. And then when I sit down with them at the first meeting, what I made the mistake of, or I just didn't know, it was a learning experience, is when I would first meet with an agent, I would kind of just vomit on them, right? I have this program, I do this, you know, blah, 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 all this crap. And the conversion rate wasn't great. What I started changing into my career, and you had to get comfortable, right? You have business a little bit, but you just have to do it a lot also and see what works, is that when I would sit down, when I sit down with an agent now, literally, I had I had a meeting last week with a brand new agent that I did the whole thing with. They went on tour with me with one of the title people and one of their agents, you know, then I contacted her about meeting, had the lunch with her, but she said, oh yeah, I want to hear all about your business. And I totally directed the conversation and I asked her about herself. And obviously people like to talk like I'm doing right now. People like to talk about themselves, right? And, and so it's one of those things where I got her talking about herself. We never talked business. The entire hour and a half lunch, we never talked about business. It was getting to know her, her life, the struggles she's been through, why she's doing what she's doing, you know, just that getting to know her as a person and going, okay, I like her enough that, hey, I want to continue this, right? It's really an interview for me because if I, I've met with people, believe me, I met with a, a guy a couple months ago and he, we were talking, he wanted to do social media and he said something, he's like, well, I don't think anyone would want to hear what I have to say. And it was really negative. Like it was always like every kind of suggestion or everything we talk about, it was like, oh, I can't do this because of this. And I'm like, nope. Like after that meeting, I just said, hey, thank you very much. It was a great pleasure. And I didn't send him anything. I took him off my list. Like, I don't want someone like that on my roster, right? And so I use it as an interview. And then like this agent that I met with last week, right after we had that, I invited her to lunch and learn that I did. And she came. And so I've got that going. So it's a very planned, slow process to get to know them as a person to make sure I want to work with them or not work with them. And realize when you're meeting with an agent, when you fix your, when you switch your mindset, to all of a sudden, hey, I don't need your business. Like this first meeting, there's no pressure on me. This is simply an interview to see if I even want to work with you. That's all this is. It completely changes how you look at life. Like really, it, you don't get nervous. You don't get the same anxiety that I had early in my career. It was like, I got to win their business. It was like, look, I got to see if I even like you enough to have that conversation. I'm just trying to get to know you now. It takes up all the pressure. And, it re and then the cool thing is, you really get to know someone on a deep level and then that builds that friendship. And if you have that deep connection, then guess what? They're going to be much more loyal to you. And you're going to have a lot more connection to that person. The conversion rate is going to be a lot higher. So that's what I'd say as a newbie coming in, do your research, be slow in your process of who you go after and war and give it a warm cell instead of just blasting out to everybody. And then take time to actually get to know them and work from there as opposed to just blasting out a bunch of emails and a bunch of crap to people that don't even know you, right? And so that is my that has worked for me. And that's what makes me feel the most comfortable because I get to know people on a deep basis, but it also is great for business. So that's, that's kind of the initial game plan that I would say would be great to start with. So 
I want to summarize and extract some some of the uh, the primary teachings and also add a little color around what you just said. So this is exactly when my business changed as well. When I started to adopt the philosophy, now I'm pretty sure that what you mean by you're interviewing them, you're not telling them you're interviewing them, no. but you're creating the impression that you're interviewing them for the opportunity to work with you. And it was when I made that shift, everything changed magically because as you said, it took the pressure off. Number one, I'm going into the meeting truly curious and not sure where this will go rather than all the pressure of, I got to try to say all the right things to get them to say yes to me, which is a very, you know, needy is creepy. Okay, so if you're if you're acting if you're acting like you need them really bad, you repel people. Yeah. They also aren't used to this approach, this slow play. I, I love what you're talking about, about like you're getting to know them in a very indirect way up front. You're observing them, you're seeing how they treat people. Then when you do engage with them, which the whole vehicle for that is the broker opens, getting out in the field, pressing the flesh, feeling their energy, understanding who they are. And in the meantime, what I'm hearing is you're not trying to talk business with them. You're not trying to close them. You're actually just listening. And most people, realtors especially, will always find it to be an incredibly valuable appointment if they get to talk about themselves the whole time, which you're doing that perfectly. And most importantly, and in closing, what you're, what you're really expressing here that I'm hearing is that you are truly making sure that your valuable time is not being placed into a potential relationship that would be dysfunctional. You're truly evaluating whether or not this person is somebody that you, you would want to work with. Now, for those that are listening in this conversation, I guarantee you that, that the, the thought goes through many people's heads of, well, you know, he's got nine real estate agents. He can that give him a hundred percent of the business. He can afford to slow play it. Um, but it's actually not that way at all. It's like the reason you have the nine is because you slow played it. It's like you, it's, it, it is the precursor to having successful true relationships and relationships are based upon patience and truly getting to know the person. And you could deploy this exact same strategy with CPAs, financial planners, insurance agents. It's human, human nature 101. So you've got the 42 and nine plus nine. So there's, you know, 51, I guess, if I'm doing the math right. What do you, what do you do to market to them? Like when you talk about marketing, yeah to them what are the things like what are the the weekly and monthly disciplines of where of of how you market to them well number one like i said tim i'm not a big phone person like i can call them if i don't see them but basically i have a, a game plan set up this number one i'm going to tour every week so a lot of the agents that are on my roster or that i'm going after or you know that that i do work with i'm seeing on a weekly basis because i will see them on broker tour i'll go on tour with them i'll go to lunch afterwards whatever so the ones that are there on tour i'll see the second thing is what I'll do is the ones who I don't see at tour, I will go into a lot of real estate offices, right? So I'll actually, and I don't make appointments. I just go and see it because I kind of know their schedule, you know, when they're there. And, and typically like in Petaluma, you know, with broker tour day being Wednesday, people tend to after broker tour, go to the office, that kind of stuff. So what I'll do is I'll just uh, go there and I'll go to some of the offices and drop by, just say hi, you know, that kind of thing. And so I'll just connect with them on a, in an in-person thing. And then if I haven't seen someone in a while, like I have a monthly call sheet. 
So if I haven't seen someone in a couple of weeks and we don't have any deals going, no leads, no nothing, it's kind of quiet on that front and I haven't seen them, then what I will do is I will absolutely call them and I will set up an appointment so we can meet for coffee, right? Just so I can get them in person. And like, there's one agent who's one of our better agents, but she has, she's in this system where like she doesn't talk during the day, unless it's a client, but she has like quiet time and all this, like she's gone very, you know, it works for her. But so our relationship has changed in terms of, I used to see our broker tour a lot, you know, hang out with her a lot. Now I don't, but because I have that secondary part where if I haven't seen someone that I then make sure I call them. And then I set up an appointment to go coffee. We end up now having coffee once a month, no matter what. And we have a great conversation. I've that relationship has changed, but at the same time, it's still strong. Right. So, and so, so what I do so is I let me interject for just yeah. one second. There, there has to be somebody listening saying, how do you get these coffee appointments when, you know, these realtors are always blowing me off all the time. They, you know, they, when I call and ask for coffee, I don't get a return phone call. So how would you answer that? Well, uh, two things. Well, and that's where the whole strategy comes in because generally, again, the agents that I have on my strategy with, so this isn't for a brand new agent I've never met with, right? This is an agent that I've actually talked to that knows who the heck I am and that I consider somewhat of a friend, you know, or at least a decent relationship, right? And so when I call them, I'm like, hey, you know, miss you, that kind of stuff. I'd love to have, because a lot of times I'll just, I don't even talk business. It's like, hey, I just miss you. You know, I love hanging out with you. And I would love to just, you know, can we grab a coffee and for 10 or 15 minutes, whatever, and just hang out. And they're, I mean, granted, like 90% of the time, they're like, oh yeah, sure, let's do it. I miss you too, or blah, blah, blah. So I make it very personal and like that kind of thing, um, because they also know this. I am incredibly persistent and consistent. So they know if they blow me off right now, I'm going to be calling again and I'm going to be reaching out and they're going to see me at some point, right? And so when they know that you don't give up, they also with, and I don't bombard them, it's just, I will be consistently calling them, you know, on a continual basis that they say yes. And then also the whole point is what I've tried to do is when I meet with coffee from though, I make it not just about like, you know, uh, we're not talking business per se, but I, we're talking their business. I'm not telling them, hey, I got this new product or whatever. We do a little chit chat, but I also ask them like, how can I help you? Or what do you do in your business? Like what's going on? And they'll start talking about, oh yeah, I'm having this trouble or I'm thinking about this. So it ends up being like a mini mastermind so that the time is valuable. So the next time I call them because I've given them value or if nothing else, I've been an ear for them, right? Just I've listened to them. Then it makes them feel really good about themselves and makes them then therefore they feel good when they have that meeting with me. And then they keep wanting to have that time because there's, you know, dopamine kind of drop or something. They feel good, you know, about that. And I want to leave them that when they leave that meeting, that they're in a better mindset than they were when they started. So they want to do it again. Right. And so it's that whole buildup of not just vomiting on them and telling them all this junk and how great I am and all these products or whatever. It's like, hey, how are you doing? What are you struggling with? What's going on in your life? And just listening to them and then helping them where I can. So I think if you come from really that kind of mentality of, I'm, I don't want anything from you. I simply, I view you as my friend and I want to know what's going on and how I can help you. It changes that where you get a lot more yeses than no's. It's not 100%. Don't pretend that. But it is like 90%. I'm not exaggerating on that. People, if I call them, I will be able to set up a lunch or, uh, or coffee with them uh, at a very high rate. I mean, the reason that I asked you that question, I, I couldn't have thrown you a bigger softball. I, I, I had I had a feeling that your answer was going to be what it was, and I wanted to highlight this. So why is it that most originators don't have success when they call a real estate agent and ask them to go have lunch or go have coffee? Well, let's slow that down. Let's look at the other person that's answering the question. 
they obviously don't feel it to be a valuable use of their time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this conversation with Michael Regan. The remainder of our dialogue where we talk about social media marketing, which he's having an unbelievable trajectory in and success with, and his database management strategies that have yielded tremendous success. The rest of this conversation can be found in the Loan Atlas. Simply go to www.theloanatlas.com, and we look forward to having uh, you as our guest in a couple more weeks with our next episode of the 360 Experience. Thanks, everyone.